off out there. And I was surprised by the lack of reaction from the crowd at the beginning of the song. They were applauding the last song. They started the first notes of Stairway, and the crowd went silent. Really? They heard it 50 million times. And remained silent until the end when they started applauding. That's, that is weird, yeah. And according to the boys in the band, it didn't become an anthem until after 74 sometime. Oh, later. okay, maybe that's why I'm confused then, because I was thinking it was later. But and you're so right, 71. I was... I was going, well, my God, maybe this was the first airing, the first live version of this song. So I looked it up and it's like, nope, song had been around for a couple of years. So until it started getting played on the radio, maybe nobody paid any attention. Is that what? It must be. The crowd wanted rockers. They didn't want ballads. But the writing of the song was pretty interesting how they wrote that. It took a long time. Who did they steal it from? (laughs) <laughs> well, the intro from Spirit, remember? We yeah, had that that's story. right. That's right. <laughs> what if Elmer Fudd was a priest? <laughs> oh, man. Describing this miracle. <laughs> if I would have known what this was going to lead to. It led to great praise. <laughs> I might have not brought it up. He's so not in, he, he's not in here right now. I could drop this on him cold. And it might you be learned what's what song did you say you learned? Not fade away. Why, why can't I? <laughs> oh. Which version? Dead Many versions, stone, did you? Yeah. The teacher and I listened to a version that was just hand clapping. Oh, cool. Is that one I could learn? Yeah, it's not too tough. Yeah, you know, uh, the Grateful Dead did a wonderful version of it, I thought. That's what There's I was the, uh, Long that. version with great solos in it. I actually. just loved that version. What happens when the post- <laughs> What happens? I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. Ads, please. We're powering up, brother. Ads. <clears throat> Mystery of the Multiplying Hosts. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I'm quite familiar with what happened. Joe, which well, version of You Really Got Me is the best version? Well, I got to go with the kinks, I guess. Why are, why are you obligated to say that? I'm not. Just, I just, why are you obligated? To, it's the one that comes to mind. Didn't uh, Joe, you got the lamb? Van Halen do it? Yeah, and they kick the kinks ass. Frats, the lamb. Kenneth, that's it. Just two. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not on TV very well. Yeah, that's fine with me. We've got these. This is like the black flag uh, symbol. You ever seen the black flag emblem? This is Ross's television layout, and it's different than the other ones. I should be over on the bottom right, barely seen and dark. (laughs) I like your layout. Yours is good. Kenny, Seafoam. 
Hi, Matt. Hi, Kenneth Allen Olson. Yes, sir. Seafoam. DK. DK. The hair sticking up. Jesus. Pro. I'm glad somebody's making it. Tri-stater. I'm Try. making it for all of us. God bro. almighty. Bang. Wish I'd get some ads. Damon high. <laughs> Me too, John. <laughs> Everybody then, gets a piece of the pie. Yeah. Then, okay. Hey, you sending us a, a check, pal? Is that, wait, is that a <laughs> yeah. lyric? Everybody gets a piece of the pie. Uh, eventually, all of us are going to die. And you got oh my God. too, right, Ken? Let, we got to write that down. If Everyone it's not, you're going to write it. Is that what you're saying? We couldn't see the alignment of the planets last night. Oh, I forgot mm-hmm. all about it. Because of the uh, bad what? cloud cover, Matt. Yeah, Matt, I have no uh, board over here. Piece of the pie. Why don't you do something to help? Eventually, everyone will die. I'm going to squeeze that in the show today and see if Joe notices it. Well, Joe's, li- Joe's listening, Kenny, so uh, he forgets. Well, so. I'm doing a lammer. <laughs> I'm doing a, uh, a lammer spot, and that has to be part of it is that everybody dies. If we make it, though, eight years, we'll be all right because they'll insert little robots into us, and they go in there and play Pac-Man. I could do I know that, deadheads huh? are bad luck. They passed me in a microbus. That's what? a great lyric. A song <laughs> about hitchhiking. By Big Backyard. Big Backyard. I know deadheads are bad luck. They passed me in a microbus. Where are those hot collector's items? If you can find one from the 60s. Microbus? Yep. I watched a guy on the YouTube put in a Volkswagen motor by himself. The back end was jacked up. He slid under there, picked the thing up, set it on his chest. You could do that oh. in a parking lot. Push exactly. <laughs> pushed it up into place and bolted her in. I've it's known like guys a... who've dismantled a Honda 350s in a parking lot and just put it back together. Well, my favorite of those stories is guys that pull them into their hotels at room, yeah. uh, hotel rooms at night. Hotels at room. Many a many uh, racing snowmobile engine was rebuilt in a hotel oh, room. Yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention. That's a lyric. Did you write that? No. (laughs) (laughs) This Eucharistic thing is, uh, that's happened before, Joe. Did you see all this? I I have it here. I just didn't get to that paragraph. Man, there's a lot of uh, instances around the world where it's been reported. Well, you know, we need. But that's no reason not to try. Oh my God! I'm writing a song, but that's that's no reason not to die. How many times do we have to rhyme "pie," "die," and "try"? Bradaloni's Hardware and Garden many, Stores. Many as you want. That's the rule. Yeah, that's, I don't think there's a rule, Kenny. I'm ready. That's, Hell, I can well, think of songs where no reason uh, synonyms are rhymed, which makes no sense. But I, I do know of songs that do that. Not to try. Right. We're writing a GL song what here. Time is Lim, what time six, is it? Fratelloni's Hardware. Let's go. Three, two, one. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. Wait, bring... wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you, you, you jumped right on it. That's Three, two, one. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1045. March 29th, 2023. 83 degrees was the record high on this day. That was in 1986. Oh, do I long for that. Five below on this day in 1969, and I'm not being uh, 
facetious when I say I might remember that day. I have a reason to remember that. Such what seven below here this morning. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I have ice outs. White Good. Bear Lake went out on this day in 1980. <laughs> you do not foghorn ice out. White Bear Lake went out on this day in 1981 and again in 2021. Thank you. Yes. Now you hit the song. And now from the mayor's <laughs> office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushi. <laughs> The other day I mentioned that I was, uh, I had joined a woman looking for her drain. She was trying to chop Whoa, ice to find the drain. A euphemism of some sort. I know it's in there somewhere. <laughs> Please. I have a pro tip for how to find drains. <laughs> okay. Jeez, it gets worse. Yeah. It just keeps getting worse. I have a pro tip. You're, you're I'm sure a, you do. This is from... Uh, <laughs> Mine's still an amateur. This is from Doc Truck Andy. Here's a pro tip to help uh-huh. find the storm drain underneath the snow. Pull up your house on Google Maps satellite view. If you zoom way in, you can see the storm drain and compare its location to other features of your yard or sidewalk. For example, one of my drains is five sidewalk sections south of the street corner. My other drain is about 15 inches north of the northern seam of my driveway apron. Hope this helps. Good luck. Doc Truck Andy. Thank you, sir. Despite the sophomoric reaction of these <laughs> fools, that is a uh, that's a wonderful way have, to do it. I have an observation. Looking for storm drains is boring. Yeah, it was a little. <laughs> but there's how you do it. Call okay. up a satellite view and note where the drains are. And uh, I have uh, uh, notes just to clean up on past affairs. Joe, I listen to your show as often as I can. I live in Bemidji and heard your comments on Gina Bernard, the Bemidji transgender teacher who wrote some awful and disgusting things on a Facebook page or whatever it was. I had actually heard about this a few days prior. Anyway, I I emailed all members of our school board voicing my great concern. I received an email back from the super stating that according to their legal counsel, this is what we predicted, this falls under the category of protected speech. Needless to say, I disagree. Just wanted to let you know that it appears the local school board and administration is not going to do anything about this matter, even with many residents voicing concerns. Hmm. I guess if she, uh, if these are her private, uh, Thoughts, I guess, there's so, not much the school board could do about it. It, it. To paraphrase her, didn't she kind of say, I'd like to, as opposed to, I'm going to? Well, it was, uh, she was being satirical about, uh, she was giving, she's an elitist, and she was telling Tennessee Tennesseans what buffoons they were. Sure. And, and so when they passed the law, she said, well, I guess I can't go down there and inject them secretly with hormone blockers. Uh, Mr. Mayor, long may you reign. I need some positivity, and I'm hoping you can talk me off the ledge. I believe the state of Minnesota is playing a shell game or a game of misdirection. 
While you speak of the careless expenses of the government leasing a home for Governor Flannel Humpty Dumpty, <laughs> the other hand has passed a bill in the House that would allow the state of Minnesota temporary emergency jurisdiction over a minor whose parents deny them gender-affirming care. The past few years have shown that many things in Minnesota are not temporary. COVID emergency orders, new tax increases, George Floyd Square, and more. The only thing the government has decided should be temporary is our budget surplus. So I do not think it is cynical to think these children will not be held temporarily. My questions are, where will these children be held temporarily? How easy will it be to make this claim? What does the state want to come why does the state want to come after the children? And why is no one outraged at this as I am? Minnesota's new motto, we won't fix your potholes, but we'll take care of your children. I live close to the Iowa border, and I'm starting to feel like the guy at the bar with beer goggles as I look over the border. Give me some positive spin regarding Minnesota. I don't want my friends making fun of me when I wake up living in Iowa. This is from uh, Andrew. I don't have anything positive to offer you. Uh, <laughs> I, I normally could be counted on for that, but I think Minnesota is in a state of disrepair that will require some doing to turn around. And I need to correct myself on the surplus. It's $18 billion, but that's for a two-year biennium. So I guess you could oh, say it's yeah. a, $9 billion a year. Mm. But Was that um, all then? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, is the budget a biennial budget? Yes, right, correct. Okay, so Here. every two years we need a new 18. New 18, dollars. yep, exactly. Yeah, all right. And, Ruck, I have a co correction on the magnet that I asked you to envision <laughs> when I proposed once again that the only surefire method of gun control would be the super magnet. Yes. And I asked you the color. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, I said gray with red tips, I believe. And I have a note from Ryan who says, Please stop getting the magnet color wrong. It's driving me nuts. The magnet is red with yes. silver tips. Yep. Yeah, he's correct. Even Rookie said silver with red tips. That's what caused me to write this. This goes back to Gator Hooks. That's where it started, not just from the 328 show. Geez, and just for fun, tell John to be stop being such a liberal whiner. John, stop <laughs> being such a liberal whiner. There. Love the show. P.S. Clapton is overrated. Yep. Well, he got a lot in there, didn't he? To, yeah, quote, he did, yeah. the, uh, to quote the great Paul Stanley, I can't wait to get my hands on your tips. 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 Uh, those magnets are silver, Rook. Yep. No, no, no. Red with red silver tips. With silver tips. Yeah. The giant yep. Acme cartoon okay. magnets are red with silver tips. Got it. That's from a little ditty called I Stole Your Love. I kiss. And I just can't huh? stop being positive. I'm learning today, John, or I think read it. It's a Daily Mail. So take it with a grain of salt. Humans were, are going to achieve immortality in yeah. eight years. Oh, Come my on. word. I, I might make it. Why don't you lead with that? What the hell? You're, you're burying the lead. This is from a Google <sighs> engineer who has predicted the future with 86% accuracy. His name is Ray Kurzweil. Yeah. He predicts nanobots will help achieve human immortality. The technology will repair cells and tissues that deteriorate as the body ages. So there you go. Uh, they'll introduce those little robots um, to us, and they'll go in there and find bad stuff and take care of it. One question for you, doctor. 
can I resume my evil ways of my 20s and part of my 30s? What nappy intro. That's I like, would uh, like to go back and try some things I didn't try. What's the uh, Woody Allen movie where everything bad was good, turned out to be good for you? Sleep. Was it sleep? No. Sleeper was. Hmm. Sleeper? When is he in the orgasmatron? Everything you were afraid to ask about sex. Oh, everything you're always afraid to ask about sex. No, everything you always knew about. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> but what we're turned afraid. Out chocolate was good for you. Smoking was good for you. Yeah. Everything yeah. was good for you. What if this guy, this Google, former Google engineer, uh, said, go ahead and drink and smoke? Oh. Huh? Yikes. Huh? Wow. Because what we'll do is introduce little wow. robots into your bloodstream. Take care of it. Yeah. yeah you know what this means, Joe? Huh. If you can make it another eight years, pretty soon it'll be. This is Garage Logic Podcast 11,463. Wow. Do, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> no. Think how, think how many ads Kenny would have. <laughs> uh, everything you always wanted to know about sex, 1972. That's what he got in the orgasmatron? Yes. Yeah. And he came out. <laughs> I'm going to put this aside. I'm taking it with a grain of salt. Didn't you and Pat have an orgasmatron in the studio up in Maplewood? What was that thing called? No, that was the, uh, the uh, Vogel, the um, the belt. It was a weight loss vibrating a... belt, but we called it, I think, the orgasmatron. Yeah, I think so. We put we put Vogel on it once. Oh, I bet that was a belly jiggler. <laughs> Damn near shook him to death. <laughs> it was terrible. Well, and did anybody ever ask why that was in the studio? Boy, I, I, it's a good that, question. That was life. Some things are better that left was, unasked. That was life in the Maplewood studio right there. That summed it all up. <laughs> this thing was from about 1947. Yes. It was, uh, it was a, uh, you stood on it and you wrapped a belt around your waist and you turned the machine on and it jiggled you to death. It jiggled the weight off. That it was, was a, the theory. A bosom shaker. Well, actually, it was more of a stomach shaker. Well, it well, shook everything. Let's put yeah, it that way. Yeah. It shook the whole, it shook me all night long. It was you. <laughs> shook me? It, it just shook me all night long. How is everybody? That's an easy song to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the, everybody's uh, fine, Joe. Thank the, you for asking. Uh, the Walls Mansion. Uh, I got a note from a an Irvin relative who said the ants would have preferred you call it a residence not a mansion <laughs> and i bet they got a really good deal uh, on it didn't yeah. they <laughs> that's how we roll in minnesota <laughs> but david uh david Patton did some work he writes uh i read how the state is going to spend 6.3 million on the governor's i better go with the urbans and call it a residence on a residence that Zillow values at 1.86 million, and even Ramsey County values at 1.734 million in taxable market value, and best case 4.88 million in estimated market value, is this good stewardship? Couldn't this building be reimagined as a mm. massive childcare center or abortion clinic? Is the state and Tim Walls using the same? agent or service they used in the pandemic cold storage facility that was never used. The McFadden property was listed at 2 million and could likely be had for less. And the annual taxes would be half or less of what the state gives up on the 10, uh, on the 1006 summit Avenue property is the, is graft the way this governor and his property governs, uh, Here's the salient point here. 
Ramsey County has this house for tax purposes valued at $1.734 million, but the renovation is to cost $6.3 million. So does that mean it would be worth $6.3 million? No, not necessarily. Plus, that won't be $6.3 million by their by the time they get done bungling <laughs> it, it'll be ten million. Hmm. So they're gonna they're gonna dump a suppose six point three million into a house that's worth one point seven three four for tax purposes, uh, and in a best case scenario, might get four point eight million on the market, which I doubt highly. I, I doubt that it would because uh, I think the longer we proceed into the destruction of the two cities the less likely it will be for multimillionaires to want to live uh, in that house. Does that make sense? Makes sense. So, so you've got a 1.734 million house for taxable market value. We're going to dump the taxpayers are going to pay a reported $6.3 million to fix it up. I know a guy that would tear that hell hole down and start over. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, I don't think it's a hell. What <laughs> sort of renovations are we talking about? Okay, I here? have that too. Of all of all uh, outlets, NPR has been relatively uh, tidy with this story. Interesting. And we learned today that uh, here I'll get to the part that oh, Kenny. I just realized we have friends that own that house. I, I am sorry to refer to your former residence as a hell I don't that, think my guy ever lived there. That was a joke, and I, I apologize. He probably don't. had to go there with his top button buttoned on Sundays and sit <laughs> yeah. around and have tea or something. Please don't take that personally. Uh, I thought I had the list of things we were going to do to it. It involved, uh, it involved plumbing and... Uh, That's uh, probably needed. Basement repair and drainage situations and... So, so things that it absolutely needs. We're not talking Nick's and putting a bowling alley in the basement here, right? <laughs> we're, we're talking things that are needed to keep the house going. Outdated plumbing, exterior problems, and security concerns. Do you think the governor but has that's a, not can't be six point three million? Such. Do you think the governor's working a plunger every time he gets up? Right. <laughs> Rudy Purbich did. <laughs> Rudy Purbich brought us to the house one day and took us all up into the attic and showed how he had a, ho a hose draining from the ceiling into a bucket. It was quite theatrical. And it was at a time when Rudy was meeting uh, obstacle. Uh, uh, what's the word I want? He was meeting uh, resistance, resistance from the legislature to pour money into the place. And Rudy thought that was a travesty. He wanted the money pouring into the poured into the place hey, do we refer to this as the people's house or, or walls does that phony walls does huh now he sold the the walls family sold their mankato home in 2019 yes yeah uh in january state officials asked for property manager managers to submit possible houses where the family could live well into 2024. Only three were given serious consideration, and two didn't pan out, a Department of Administration spokesperson said in an email to uh, NPR. The spokesperson, Curtis Yoakum, said proximity and security were the decisive factors, which only can tell me then that what they were doing is looking for even grander suburban spreads for him. That's exactly what I thought. Wow. Okay. Yeah. November 11th, 
2016. What about 2016? Minnesota officials are pushing ahead with the publicly financed $2.6 million renovation of the 100-year-old governor's residence, making what they say are overdue fixes to a historically significant property worth about as much as the restoration will cost. That's 2016. Okay, and they're running this scam again. Yes, this was from Minnesota Public Radio in... 2016. Is it a scam, though? That's what I can't figure out. It sounds like some of these repairs are needed. Yeah, but every Kenny, five years you need to throw. Are we being scammed I, by I, the contractors? I don't think they did those, Rook, because I'm looking at a 2013 story, which essentially is the same thing, uh, but they never proceeded with, with oh. the fix, fixer up. I think all. you're all missing the most telling now point. Or pay me later. You're missing the most telling point. What's well, that? Why is a house worth what point seven million oh. require a six point three million dollar renovation? Oh, that yeah. Code? It's just the cost of doing business, isn't it? Well, then let's not do that business. Let's, well, Joe, let's come I mean, up if, with a cheaper alternative. You're paying for it. If you want the very best, you log on to aimhighconstructionmn.com and you get the job done once the correct way. If your guy is always available, is he in fact the best? Might as well continue that. Yeah, keep Google going. That's fine. <laughs> Aim high construction right on. And cross that keep off going. List. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if guy Chris is on the job here. Um, if, if so, that means they booked with Chris last fall because that's how uh, far in advance you need to get on the list and get the bid ball rolling with aimhighconstructionmn.com. We're talking the very best in the business here, uh, so they are busy, but there's nothing they can't do. If that governor's residence needs a roof, they've got it. Plumbing, they can do it. Concrete, basement work, you name it, Aim High Construction is your company. He's a great guy. He's a veteran. He's a longtime GLer. His name is Chris. His company is called AimHighConstructionMN.com. The spokesperson, Curtis Yoakum, said proximity and security were the decisive factors. There were very limited options with our criteria during the necessary time period, he said. The other properties identified did not involve lease rates as they were not available during the time needed. The current lease was negotiated with the owner with a rate of return based on market value and the limited comparable rates available on potential properties. The state had a 17-point list of qualifications and indicated that the property would need to have security features, be relatively close to the Capitol, and be open to official ceremonial functions as required by state law. House Speaker Melissa Hortman, the top DFLer in the legislature, uh, said she understands why space, security, and neighborhood considerations make temporary lodging for the governor so expensive. When you have folks going to protest a governor at his house, you have the entire block of people who are there, not only the governor's wife and children, but the neighbors who didn't necessarily sign up for this, she said. So I'm not surprised that it's an expensive proposition to house a governor in a secure location. Mm. Well, really more than secure, basically a secret location. From what I can tell, yeah. The protesters aren't going to... And I don't wish this on the neighbors at, at Sunfish Lake, but the it's unlikely the protesters are going to go out there. He's got most of the state in his pocket, so what what's to protest? Uh, the move by, and then you have Republicans saying the move by the Walls uh, administration uh, sending the wrong message to taxpayers and is out of touch. Well, of course it is. 
But isn't that interesting that they had three in mind, but two were too far away, hmm. meaning they must have been out maybe in, uh, I don't know, North, o- North Oaks and Sunfish Lake are about equidistant <clears throat> from the capital. Maybe he had maybe they had a, a place in mind on Lake Minnetonka. That's what I was thinking. Or Deep on Manitou Island on White Bear uh, on White Bear Lake. But back to your point, Joe, on the six point three million. Why isn't there a detailed list? I I can't find it anywhere. Even back in uh, sixteen and eighteen, when they said it was going to be two point seven million, they don't have a list of how they arrived at that number. Shouldn't yeah. that be available? And Kenny, Kenny, I reported yesterday. You weren't here, but I said. I know of many homes in St. Paul that are much smaller than uh, this place. This place is owned by uh, us, Mc- isn't it? McFadden. McFadden. Mike McFadden. Mike McFadden. Oh. And, and, uh, but I know uh, it's about 8,000 square feet. It's on three and a half acres. It's on a lake, and it's got a six-car garage. Oh. And I said yesterday, I know many homes in St. Paul much smaller than this with higher property taxes. You know, I was going to address that property. You know, text. you know someone personally uh-huh. that uh, <laughs> that property tax value. Have you guys noticed when I lived in Minneapolis, they always um, valued my house tax wise less than what we could get for it on the open market? Do you guys notice that? Yeah, mine's always that way. Also, yeah, and I, it always made me feel a sense of relief, and I always wonder why they did that. My, mine isn't. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring yeah. that up. <laughs> a, little, a little harsh nursing him through the show yesterday. The uh, house was built in 1912 at a cost of $50,000. That's a lot of money back then. Yeah. The uh, 2013 story also has the $6.3 million figure for possible needs, which is kind of interesting. That's 10 years ago. So what's your alternative then, Joe? For what? For this dilemma, do you, do you not want it to be repaired? Uh, I would say that for six point three million, you'd have to. Can we bring in some state workers to do some of the uh, labor for it? Six point three million. You well for three million, you could build a new governor's mansion. Okay, and I want to put the other yeah. three into that one if you want, and turn it into something useful. But that is such an. I just love preserving history, but maybe. This gives some insight. You and I both, when I worked down there, I would take West River Boulevard, whatever your side of the... Mississippi River Road. And I would every year see a couple of big, giant, lovely homes torn down, Mm -hmm. and they would build a new house. Is that why? Because the renovations would cost more than what the home was worth? That would be my suspicion, yes. Okay. Now I'm with you. I love preserve. I love this uh, Irvin house. It's gorgeous. I, yeah, it I'm is. all for preserving history, but there is no, there's no fiduciary common sense here. We're we're squandering six point three million. Uh, you know, if a private guy bought that, uh, and and if a private entity bought that house, I doubt they'd put six point three million into it. I would agree with you. Yeah, it wouldn't be worth it. I'd be doing all the work myself. <laughs> so it'd be all half-assed. Yeah, right. <laughs> These two boards don't, they're not uh, flush. That's okay. Just pound them in there. What does flush mean? <laughs> I wonder if it's the same outfit that uh, arranged for the sale of that fruit warehouse that was a boondoggle. 
Oh yeah, the we overpaid paid, uh, warehouse. We paid six and a half million for that, didn't we? And it never got you. It was going to be a mortuary. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. Oof. It never got used. Then we fixed the roof too. Oh yeah, we put stuff into it. But we turned it right. Isn't it gone now? I think so. Now they sold it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hell of a deal we got going here, isn't it? Just I I have one other question about this. Uh, I noticed in that 2013 story, it was valued at 2.7 million. Why Mm -hmm. would it have fallen a million in 10 years? Probably because housing values are decreasing the, uh, the more decrepit the city becomes. Hmm. Is there, is the contractor named who's doing these? No, that's what I'm saying. You can't find, we, you know, we're bringing in welter heating for the uh, uh, furnace and air conditioning. Right. Right. And that's going to cost a hundred thousand dollars. Everyone that advertises on this show could fix up that house, and it would be less than six point three million. <laughs> Agreed. Well, what do you do with Mueller? You got aim high. You, well, Mueller would be there for the catastrophe. Okay. <laughs> I know who's got the yard. Yeah, Pro Turf's got the yard. Aim high's got the house. Ray N. Welter's got the HVAC. Yeah. Done. We're done. Tri-State's bringing over the Toros. Yeah. Minnesota Masonic Charities would be there to offer. Support. EcoFun could get a little three-wheeled <laughs> scooter for Mr. Flannel Bear. Mr. Flannel Bear. Everyone gets a piece of the pie. Eventually, we're all going to die, but that's no reason not to try. <laughs> and, and as you listen, you must realize this is the same government that would gladly put their hand out for your own affairs. This is why I've been recommending that you contact Eckberg Lammers, a law firm that's been in business for more than 70 years, building estate plans for families. You don't want your families upon your departure. You don't want your families scrambling and fighting the courts and fighting the bureaucrats to hang on to what's been accumulated. There's three goals to help you have peace of mind. There's just three goals, and that's Take care of your assets, minimize your taxes, and stay out of court. That's Then they'll do that. Avoid court, minimize taxes, control your wishes. That's what Eckberg Lammers does. And you don't have to be 90 years old to worry about this. Worry about it today. Get it done. Have that document sitting with a big arrow pointed to it. There, that's what you need. If I'm not here, you need this thing right here. Then you take it, and everybody's happy, and the kids are happy, and the those left behind are happy, the children. If they, you have property that's fallen into some sort of family kerfuffle, they take care of that. The snowbirds, they help you with your tax questions. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful and wise thing to do. These are great people providing a great service through a great law firm. And you can contact Eckberg Lammers for an appointment at 651-439-2878 or visit EckbergLammers.com. You do see how I snuck in my little Minnesota Masonic Charities.org, and I'll tell you what. Here's what I'm going to tell you about. I'm going to tell you more about them because they've been around um, for decades. And I'm not – this is – in 2006, there's a bunch of people that came together to form – mnmasoniccharities.org, and since then, they have been helping people in the neighborhood. All, everybody's covered, the elderly, young children, uh, students, and I know that right now they're not doing their um, scholarship program, but poke around their website for the future to see just exactly what you can find. 
Now, again, they are out in the open. They're letting people know that they do some great stuff. I talked about Crescent Cove. That's a major donation that they make every year. And Crescent Cove really appreciates the -the behind-the-scenes work that they do at Minnesota Masonic Charities. Go online to their website and look around. Educate yourself, mnmasoniccharities.org. Or if you have a couple of questions or maybe you want to join, call 952-948-6200. 952-948-6200. They want you to educate yourself about them because they're a great outfit. Minnesota Masonic Charities, online at mnmasoniccharities.org. How do you get a... uh... How do you go in and buy rifles if you're under doctor's care for emotional distress? Well, if it's not a red flag issue in your state, like it wasn't in um, uh, Tennessee, they won't know. The, the authorities had no idea that she was. Then what good are the red flag? What, who's, supposed don't to, have... who's supposed to raise the red flag? Well, I would assume in, uh, it would be a doctor, would it not? But they didn't have that law in place there. I'm dumb. I was talking with my microphone on mute. <clears throat> the uh, warehouse ended up costing the state $1.35 million after they bought and sold it. Was. So we lost <laughs> money on it. Yep, uh, with the five, they paid five point five. Then uh, they'd made some improvements for one point four mil. Sold it for five point six five. So they lost one point three five. Assuming the improvements were made, which you know, I'm guessing they were. You know what else we're learning? Walls doesn't give a bleep what we're saying. No. Because people aren't listening to this. The euphorians don't listen to it. We just keep preaching to a choir. We're still reaching. No. No, we're not. We have zero influence. No, we're an outlet. Outlet for those that believe and won't give up. We're an outlet for Mueller to come here and take your pulse. Alice Cooper owns a 1963 Studebaker Avante that the FBI in 1965 used to bust a real KGB Soviet spy. Hmm. Oh. Huh. He was lured to the... Cooper's got a nice list of cars. Dang. That's where I would spend my lottery money on cars I don't need, but I love. Me too. It just I wouldn't be able to control myself. I'd go to one of those uh, auctions, Meekum or whatever it is. Charlie Watts had a great collection of cars and couldn't drive. <laughs> that kills me. Brian Jones, uh, that no, Brian Johnson, excuse me, ACDC has a nice collection. They all do. What else are you going to spend your money on? Yeah. Uh, they, every time I read an article about somebody who's like clapped in the same way, he's got a ton of cars give way, stuff. way more satisfaction than drugs or alcohol or even dirty, dirty, dirty sex. There's a great piece oh, in the Wall Street Journal today about uh, <laughs> Paul Newman's Rolex watches. Two more. I of saw them. that. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to go for a lot of money, it looks oh, like. Yeah. He was a wheel man. 
Well, one of the watches up for auction is the one he won for uh, one of the road races. It's inscribed in the whole Neat. deal. Cool. Did you read the article, Joe, where his, yeah, daughter, his daughter said basically he, he saw them as things to keep time on the track and that kind of thing? Not as, you know, special pieces, just as. No. All righty, boys. Mine is worth four times what she paid for. Here's my latest problem, Such. Yesterday on Marketplace, I saved about 20 different Honda Gold Wings old ones that I want to run naked. That I want to put, well, the early ones were naked. I want to put dual sports on them and a different set of handlebars and a different seat. I had a naked 77. Cool. Yeah. Hell but, of a uh, bike. Yeah. Not, not to sound stupid, but what does that mean, run naked? It had no baggage. Stuff. Means it has no, no dual exhaust. Okay. Dual exhaust. So Thanks, Rook. <laughs> Rook and I would like to talk bikes and cars Chops, now. Yeah. <laughs> You I still like my Yamaha scooter? Yep. Does doesn't run, does it? Yeah, it runs. I don't believe. Oh, it. Gabe got it running. It does. Didn't Gabe get her get her going? Yeah. He checked out the carb and uh, cleaned her up a bit. <laughs> Went for the cylinder. He foamed that sucker. Yeah, about a gallon. All right, Kenny, do you want to do something here? Yes, I'd Let's love go. to. Uh, DK Pro or try. Oh, oh, see, you said. All right, let's do it. And we're going to go. Are we here? Yep, three. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. The rookie, Matthew Mikulski's son, Gabe Mikulski, is a GLer. He loves the DIY stuff, and that's why he used Seafoam when he revived Matthew's scooter a couple of years ago. It's an easy way to keep your engine running stronger. Just use Seafoam motor treatment. It cleans the fuel system. It's also an easy way to stay ahead of preventable engine problems. When your dad has... Uh, a score of zero on the knack scale. Zero. The son's got to come by and help old pop out, and he does that with a, just a can of seafoam. It helps humbling. everything. Very yeah. humbling. Uh, and because of your son and seafoam, that little scooter runs uh, way better than it was before. It's safe and easy to use in all types of cars and trucks and cylinders. Just pour it in your fuel tank, let seafoam do all the heavy lifting. Uh, Gabe can find that stuff anywhere, um, like grocery stores even. I mean, it's available the world over. Truly a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. Gabe's favorite, Seafoam. I have, I'm gobsmacked by this. I'm gobsmacked. A uh, GLer in Duluth linked me to an editorial that appeared in the Duluth News Tribune on March 27th. What was that? Two days ago. And uh, given our knowledge of Duluth, I'm so grateful for this editorial. I, I can't believe it. It's an editorial opposing the family leave proposal that the Minnesota legislature is considering. And it's by, uh, it's by, it's an opinion by the News Tribune editorial board. Of course, Minnesotans should be able to take a paid day off when they're sick or when a loved one is sick and needs to be cared for. That's only reasonable. It's humane and right. But a state law that would guarantee paid family and medical leave being worked on in St. Paul 
is shaping up to be so extreme. How extreme is it? And so expensive that our businesses, our small proprietors, simply won't be able to afford it, as Duluth Area Chamber of Commerce President Matt Baumgartner said in a recent interview with the News Tribune editorial board. But you know who can afford it? The national operators who are in both expensive and less expensive markets. And so they come in and all of a sudden something that drives tourism to Duluth, which is local restaurants, local merchants and local shops, we don't have those anymore. And we end up with all McDonald's and Dunkin' Donuts, Bob Gardner continued. Okay. The fear is that we lose our local flavor over something that might sound good on the top line, but when it gets executed, it becomes expensive. It isn't that anybody doesn't want to help people and take care of them when they need that care and they need their medical time. But if we end up with the most extreme version of this paid family medical leave in the country, that becomes probably intolerable to our small business community and once again puts Minnesota at a competitive disadvantage economically. The current proposal would give a single worker who has worked just three months 24 weeks off. You got oh, me. Jesus. Sign me up. Uh, three months. Kenny, here. <laughs> Sign me up. I've worked at my place of employment for wow. three months. I think I have 12 hours of accrued vacation. The current proposal wow. would give a single worker who has worked just three months up to 24 weeks off. That's nearly six months off a year as political analyst and former NFL sideline reporter Michelle Tafoya of Edina, Minnesota, pointed out in a commentary uh, I had to staple this together in a commentary exclusively in the news for the News Tribune this month. And whether you are a mom and pop shop in Ely with three full time employees or 3M in Maple Grove, businesses would be required to hold those jobs open for the entire duration of mm. employees' leave. It's, oh, that would Unheard just cripple of. a business. Companies would also be required to pay for any benefits that employees enjoy as part of their job all while trying to find temporary workers to fill the gap. Businesses would not receive a grant or incentive to pay for these replacement workers who, if they then spend months on the job, would also qualify for the state's paid family leave program. Hmm. To pay for the program, Walls has proposed a 0.7% payroll tax on all Minnesota employers and employees. What's that going to cost us, Suchi boy? That'd be a new $1 billion tax used to create, <laughs> used to create an entirely new department within state government that would be staffed by three to 400 oh. new state employees. Oh. And if the $1 billion proves not enough to run the department, the state can raise the tax. There's no payroll tax cap in the governor's proposal, according to the group United for Jobs. Additionally, while other states with such programs exempt the smallest of small businesses and seasonal workers, both of which are plentiful here in the Northland and all of which operate on a shoestring, Minnesota's proposal would not exempt them. All of this at a time when businesses, especially those smaller independent businesses that define communities and help make them special and unique, are still struggling to rebound from the pandemic, find employees, cope with supply chain disruptions, and survive record high inflation. 
instead of pushing through a well-intentioned program that nonetheless clearly would be unaffordable and unsustainable, lawmakers can heed the plea of the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce President Doug Loon to step back and to look at what other states have done. There's got to be a better way to do this other than a very large one-size-fits-all government mandate with a significant tax attached Mm -hmm. to it that we don't know will be solvent, Lewin said in the same interview with our editorial board. At a time when you're trying to bring in and produce more productivity and economic growth, this proposal could hit the brakes pretty hard on that and impact businesses. Do we have a firm understanding of how this will affect workers? how this will affect businesses, particularly small businesses. Is this thing fiscally sound? Will it have an ever-increasing impact on Minnesotans' taxes? It's easier to fix it now than later. In St. Paul, the legislation is moving so quickly that we sometimes don't think about what the unintended consequences are going to be, Baumgartner added. Minnesotans absolutely deserve to take time off when they need it. But any law guaranteeing that has to be reasonable and actually affordable. It cannot be damaging to either employees or employees, employers or employees. And it cannot be allowed to negatively impact local or state bottom lines. Considering especially the potential enormity of this proposal, and those unintended consequences, lawmakers owe it to Minnesotans to take the time necessary to get it right. It's just one more spending frenzy the DFL majority is exercising. It's uh, it's, I'm talking, I'm done reading this. Uh, The St. Paul paper had a good coverage of this in the Sunday Pioneer Press, and that is an accurate... 400 new employees would be hired at $75 million a year (laughs) just to administer this. Not only are you crippling these small businesses, you're crippling us, the taxpayers. I don't think they care. I don't think they care. This state has become, just within the last few months, what the governor promised it wouldn't be, an extremist state, a safe haven for extremist ideas. Well, he goes and hides in a lakefront mansion that you have to pay for, which hardly reflects his so-called Minnesota values. Right. (laughs) Uh, The earlier email who wanted me to offer him something positive, I can't, sir, because this kind of news is coming at us every day as though it was just shot out of a cannon. And it's happening quickly. And the uh, the people of Minnesota are uh, are not waking up. They're not We're suckers. We're, We're suckers is out. That's what we are. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. I really <laughs> like this governor we have. Yaoli. <sighs> that that if you if you enforce that on a business that hires that has three or four employees and one of them gets takes six months off. You have to now find somebody to replace that employee, but still pay that employee's benefits while they're mm-hmm. gone. Uh, my sisters at my travel agency yep. would be put out of business. That's right. You can't, they don't have that kind of extra cash. Yeah. Uh, so that's what you're really going to be hurting. Three you got to hold, hold the job for that person. So then you get rid of the temporary employee who might have done yeoman service for six months. Yep. Now he's on the street and the, and the freeloader comes back. 
It's a, it's so, a pathetic these, situation. Uh, well thought uh, out, guys. So these granola eaters that go up there, they go up there for the cookies and the pie and the gifts and the loon carvings and all and that other BS. And to go into a little agate shop. Yeah, they don't go up there for the Taco Bell and the Subway sandwiches. Uh, you know, uh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> more news after this. No, there won't be more news after this. But there's going to be this. There's going to be this. They act as though making a living should not happen. Yeah. Don't give me that head move. <laughs> I've been reading. Uh, I shouldn't introduce this out of the blue, but it reminded me of you in the purple line. And how now they're fighting amongst themselves. The left are the bike riders. The walkers are now fighting with the bus riders on where to put this route yeah. to White Bear. Yeah. It's just a simple aside. We don't have to get into it on just how effed we are. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we come back with Mr. John Height? With more good Rock. news. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't bring me delight. It should disgust me. <laughs> but it's, oh, my God. I laugh so I don't cry. <laughs> Thank you. I tell her, I tell her the property taxes on McFadden's place are, are less than yours. Doesn't, I can't, it doesn't get through to her. You could move to the country. I have two places, and my taxes on my two places are less than what they were in Minneapolis. But here's what our tax guy is doing now in Douglas County. He's looking at the map, and he's seeing these non-recreational lakes, the environmental lakes, that are completely surrounded by woods and fields and inaccessible by road. Yeah. And he's rating them as developable, developable. What's the word? Developable. Um, developable. Property yeah. that can be developed, yep. that can be uh, sectioned off, turned into lots, and you could put homes on all these little yeah, lakes. But those lakes aren't big enough to use recreationally. No, they're not recreational lakes. Yeah. And in some cases, they're a mile away from the nearest road, but that doesn't matter to our tax assessor guy. He's raising everybody's taxes on on land that borders up against these little shithole lakes hmm. that all they raise are leeches. They're potholes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we're uh, we're at a very interesting time. <laughs> uh, DK, DK Pro or try. Yeah. Do we want to uh, break here in the middle again? We better because Kenny's got to yeah. make money. Okay. Yeah. Be a pro turf then. We all share. Yeah, you keep this saying is, that as he catches his checks. This is like communism. You're all sharing. I haven't been part of the sharing yet. Yeah, I haven't either. Isn't that weird? 
<laughs> DK, try. Uh, we're going to do pro here as an adjacency. Okie dokie. When? Johnny. At the start? And Johnny, you're pro turf. Gotcha. Yep. Um, well, I don't, where should it be in the middle or? No, I know. I'm just asking. Yeah, I don't we'll do it now. Let's go. Okay. Zero 40. Uh, and we're going to go back here and roll one, two. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. That Dylan? Yes, sir. God, I love that. This is the one I asked about yesterday. Yeah. I love this. Turn it oh. up. So I received an email from one of the meteorologists at Channel 5, Jonathan Uhas. Good guy, but I, I think he I think Jonathan made a mistake. It's gotta be a typo. He says 50 degrees on Sunday. Oh, I heard that. 50 degrees. If, in fact, that's true, and we get a couple, two, three, maybe five days in a row in the 50s, you're going to be looking at that skanky lawn of yours. Uh, I can help you make that lawn a lot less skankier. Actually, it'll be plush and luxurious and beautiful. All you have to do is log on to professionalturf.com. Uh, these guys are the best. They'll take care of your lawn. They'll make your problem yard their problem. And boy, will they do a number on it. Uh, they have service techs with over 20 years of experience. When you schedule this free in-person lawn care analysis, this estimate, a ProTurf Pro is going to come out and walk the lawn, see all your icky spots, and uh, he's going to take care of it for you. And you will have your very own custom slow-release fertilizer and weed control plan environmentally safe, guaranteed for superior results, no crabgrass, no dandelions, no broadleaf weeds. It's all just a click away, professionalturf.com. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Uh, and this news is brought to you by professionalturf.com. And uh, as Kenny said, I've been using them a couple of years, my long, lush and green, and they did indeed take care of my icky spots, Kenny. <laughs> icky. So, yeah. There you go. I don't like the word icky. I'm icky. really trying to work on my cursing. I really, really am. And that you don't want to curse in the middle of uh, an ad. No. No, yeah. not always. <laughs> in, in news, Minneapolis and St. Paul lifting their winter parking restrictions that only allowed parking on one side of residential streets. Those restrictions Minneapolis put in place on January 25th and St. Paul followed suit, officially ended at 8 this morning, according to both cities. Public works directors for both cities yesterday cited a recent run of mild weather that's allowed for steady snowmelt. While the one-sided parking restrictions are over, the cities noted they could still declare snow emergencies if we have big snowfalls. Isn't nature behaving the exactly the way the hysterical crowd would want exactly. it to behave? Yeah. In other words, it's it's behaving in such a way to virtually guarantee you minimal flooding. Yeah. Yes. It's a gradual. Um, you melt. couldn't ask for a better melt. Right. Did you? I, throw, I don't like it. I want it to be eighty. Did you throw away the records for the day? No. You had one that was ten below or something. No, five like that. below in nineteen sixty nine was the record low on this day. I was convinced this morning because it was seven below here that this was a record breaker. It has to be the first time it happened. That 
Today hmm. might eclipse 1969. I don't know. I don't uh, know where they take the records. You know what? City. In my world, five below and seven below, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I, I did make that uh, same uh, point you did, Joe, yesterday as I looked out my back window. And you can see it every day going down just a little bit. And yeah. usually my backyard floods in spring. Not floods, but it gets so much water that you know it looks like I have lakes out there. I said that in my house, and my the reply I received was, huh. Well, and, and look at the way nature had, 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 yes, had great inconvenience to people because millions of people now live where they never did before. But look at the way nature has completely replenished California's water problems. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The reservoirs are full. Yep. And they had a lot of melting to do. Too. No more finding bodies dragged out there by Vegas gangsters. Right. Right. The next drought. You have to wait for the next drought. Right. Yeah. We did uh, identify one. Did you see that in today's that, Yeah. yeah. It, it was just a fellow who drowned. I was, yeah. I was thinking it was going to be a mafia victim right. also, but it's just a guy who jumped in and didn't come back up. Right. <laughs> Look at how easily you just bought into nature saying, we'll see it at the next drought because there is going to be another drought. And I talked to some people, I was on my walk the other day and I I ran into two people who live very near Sanibel in Florida. Mm -hmm. And their place is uh, under work right now. They can't, they can't live there. Their place was uh, really ruined during Ian. Right. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, it's going to happen again. And they said, we know. You know, they weren't, they weren't freaking out about climate change. We know it'll happen again. All right, John. Thank you. Former GOP strategist and donor Anton Tony Lazaro continuing his testimony today in his sex trafficking and obstruction trial. Lazaro began his testimony yesterday after federal prosecutors rested their case. While on the stand, he did admit to having sex with the girls who testified against him in court, but said he didn't know how old they were at the time. In one instance, Lozaro said after he learned one of the girls was only 15 years old, he said he tried to cut off contact because, quote, he was really freaked out by the age thing. That young woman is one of five who testified that Lazaro paid them for sex when they were 15 and 16 years old. He denied any such agreement and described several of the girls as sketchy, who repeatedly asked him for cash or expensive gifts, which he said he gave them. Prosecutors allege Lazaro met his co-defendant, Gisela Castro Medina, on a dating site and then paid the then 18-year-old to find other sex partners for him. But Lazaro denied that characterization, saying there was never any agreement to someone becoming my recruiter. Lazaro said his relationship with Castro Medina was initially sexual, but later became, in his words, almost a brother-sister relationship. Yeah. However, he repeatedly denied in court that it was an exchange for sex. Once Lazaro finishes up his testimony, prosecutors will get the chance to question him. The charges, as you might remember, had a ripple effect on the Minnesota Republican Party. He had worked with and done a podcast with Jennifer Carnahan, the former chair of the state GOP. She ended up resigning after all of this came out. Lazaro also helped run the campaign of Republican Lacey Johnson, who tried to unseat Democratic U.S. Representative Ilhan Omar in 2020. And pictures on Lazaro's social media account showed him with prominent Republicans, including former President Trump, former Vice President Mike Pence. He founded a political action committee called Big Tent Republicans, which advocated for a more inclusive party. I bet that was a hard-hitting podcast. (laughs) Yeah, no wonder the Democrats are in charge of this state. Uh Wow. 
Star Tribune reporting Falcon Heights officials say the city will not renew its contract for law enforcement services with the Ramsey County Sheriff's Office. The contract between the Sheriff's Office and the small St. Paul suburbs surrounding the state fairgrounds expires at the end of the year. City and the Sheriff's Office traded letters over the past week formally agreeing to terminate the arrangement that's been in place since 2017. The city currently pays $1.3 million a year to the Sheriff's Office for services. City Administrator Jack Linehan said the city does not have any issue with the Sheriff's Office or the services that we've received. In his response, Sheriff Bob Fletcher said the move is in everyone's best interest, noting that providing patrol, enforcement, crime prevention, investigative, and other services for the city of about 5,000 people was never a perfect fit. For what, his will, what will Falcon Heights do now? Uh, I don't know. I, All right. I would assume they'll, uh, they may end up going back. Uh, they had a an, an agreement in the story with, uh, oh boy, what's the city there right next to it? Uh, Roseville? No, uh, uh, where the Water fellow, no. the shot who, uh, fellow who shot Philando Castile worked. Saint what city? Anthony? Is? No. Yeah, St. Anthony. Yeah, St. Anthony. Yeah, Anthony. Oh, yeah okay. they may uh, enter into an agreement Ruffalo. with them again. So, so I, I missed it. Does this include this? Doesn't include the state fairgrounds, though. No, correct? no, that's they have they their, their own. own that's a separate deal. Correct. Gotcha. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the Pioneer Press, St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter, among city and county officials from across the state who testified yesterday before a Minnesota Senate committee weighing proposals to increase St. Paul's municipal sales taxes, but Carter's plea to create a new funding source for road repair met strong objection from within the city from the St. Paul Area Chamber of Commerce. The city of St. Paul already imposes a half-cent sales tax to fund its downtown convention center and neighborhood and cultural projects. Well, Carter is proposing tripling the local sales tax to 1.5%, which would be the highest in the state, tying it with Duluth. It would raise about $1 billion, that's with a B, over 20 years, most of it going to arterial street reconstruction. State statutes require new local sales taxes to be presented to voters for ballot approval. One of those five major projects is detailed in a map published by St. Paul Public Works. Uh, Some business leaders, though, have come out against the mayor's sales tax initiative, and that includes Amanda Dewar, vice president of public affairs for the Chamber of Commerce in St. Paul. She said when they polled their members, 73 percent opposed the proposal. Dewar told the committee that St. Paul business owners are already, in her words, worn down by government actions that negatively affect the city's economic viability. Yeah, you want a family leave program? New tax. You want to fix potholes? New tax. Where in the hell's our money going? Well, apparently 73% of those people said, take it and shove it. Are you familiar with the Eagle Street Grill? Yes. Uh, It's right across the street from the XL Energy Center. Mm -hmm. It's been there for about 20 years. Yep. Why are they not? Why are they leaving? Now the owner of the building apparently is not renewing the lease. What? Why would you not want to continue that location? I wonder. Um, the I th- I'm asking you because I figure you might have inside information because it's food based. Well, I know <laughs> that the man that uh, owned the Eagle Street Grill. I don't know if it's still him, but he's a uh, big real estate, commercial real estate guy in downtown St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Oxcart Ale House, that building. Was he reading tea leaves? <clears throat> I don't know. I gotta. I'll look and find out. All right. Uh, well, as long as we're talking food for Rook, let's talk one more food story. Three new restaurants are set to open at Mall of America in the near future. Mall of America revealed that Mocha Nut, Master Noodle, and Vitaly's Kitchen are set to open this spring. Mocha Nut, like the name suggests, combines donuts and mochi into unique shapes and colors. <sighs> what is that? 
I don't menu, even know what that is. Menu also includes Korean rice flour hot dogs, bubble tea, and soft serve ice cream. It's quite a combo. That's so uh, weird. Yeah. The locally yeah, I like owned- to run out to a mall to eat. I was going to ask you how many times <laughs> have you been to a mall to eat? Suit? Never. The locally owned Chinese restaurant, Master Noodle, will open its second Minnesota location on the south side of the mall's third level. Master Noodle, uh, this sounds pretty good, specializes in signature hand-pulled noodles, fried rice, dumplings, noodle soup, and egg rolls. And also opening in the same area as Vitaly's Kitchen, a kosher dairy cafe providing many vegetarian, gluten-free, and seafood options like wraps and sandwiches, crepes, soup, and salad. That'd be great. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll think about that for a minute and be back with more news right after this. Yeah, yeah. I had to eat at Crave the other night. Oh, Crave in in the Galleria. Yeah, it's a high class Waffle House. If you ask me, okay. You don't turn me <laughs> off. off you don't really bother me. The clientele. The the menus were plastic, like at a Waffle House. Ooh. And I, the, I said, I don't, I don't like this. I were, don't like a plastic menu. Were they those big, huge, giant yes, menus like yes. Schitt's Creek? Yes. When they have the oversized giant menu that folds out like a sandwich board. It's hilarious. Did they, <laughs> did they bring you out a couple of crayons and a placemat? Right, right. They would have. If you, had, up, sir. if you had children with you, I'm sure they would have. Well, I, I mean, I heard great things about it. I don't know what was wrong with the people who told me that. I thought the people that ate at Crave were your fancy types. Uh, not driving really. E-Series. No, in fact, S-class I saw people in there and... with their hats on. I think oh. Crave, when Crave first opened, that was their clientele. But I think their menu has changed. The last time I went to the one in Woodbury, it's been a while. The food was decent. Yeah, good food. Mm-hmm. I guess that qualifies as I have eaten in a mall, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I have been to the Mall of America in 10 years since Dill was a kid. I haven't been in years. I have uh, no reason to. Not when they close Sears. I'm I'm out. Sears. I miss Sears down on Rice Street. That was a solid store. I used to go there yeah. all the time. Yeah. We had a nice one up here, too. It closed like all of them. What happened to Sears? They had great tools, man. Craftsman tools are great. What happened use, to Sears? Oh, use that Craftsman ratchet for about ten years. Beat, use it as a hammer. Use it for destroy anything. Destroy it. Walk in there with that thing in three pieces, and they hand you a brand new one. Mm-hmm. Who's Can't got Craftsman now? Because I saw him somewhere. Somebody's still carrying. You, know, you see it everywhere. Oh, yeah, Lowe's. Lowe's yeah, has yeah. everybody's running uh, Craftsman now. Oh, Lowe's, Ace Hardware. Yeah. I got my air compressor at Sears. I got my shop vac at Sears. The shop vac. I got a lot of stuff at Sears. You know what I remember about the Midway store? Seriously? What, what, what Midway store? The Midway the Sears? Sears, yeah. Right. It's not, right. not a Midway. It's mm-hmm. Rice Street. I remember going in there and they are, had fresh popcorn always. They had a little snack bar <laughs> right by the cleaning. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally serious. God help I remember the smell of fresh popcorn. Going to buy oh. my first communion suit wherever. 
at Sears, and wow. I do distinctly remember how they had a good commissary. Turn a discussion about tools into food. Yeah, so, John, don't food do the miracle tool. story. I don't have it, so okay, I'm going to do it. We're yep. going to do it when we come back from news. Oh, what do you want here, okay. DK or try? Try. All right, then let me get this ready. Where are we? We let's are go. Forty. Yeah, that's fifty-two. Okay. Some people go by there. There was bubbles. <laughs> uh, bubbles. Fifty-two. That's Kenny. You go away. You go here. Get out. Here we go. Three, two, one. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. This is Joe's Sure. Tears for Fears on yep. the Garage Logic podcast. You know those lawns you drive by with the cool checkerboard pattern back and forth across, kind of looks like a country club or some fancy dancy deal? Yeah. You get that with a uh, Toro zero turn mower. Both levers forward, you're flying wide open, you're going back and forth. You're not going in circles, and when it comes to a tree, oh, man, you blast around a tree in no time flat. Trimming is fun with a Toro zero-turn mower. Now's the best time to buy one. Tri-State Bobcat has the best pricing of the year on select previous model years, both the Time Cutter and the uh, Titan zero-turn, 42 to 60 inches. Uh, pricing discounts uh, ranging from 10 to 20% under, so that is fantastic if you like. Oh, and another thing, while you're in there, just ask the guys at Tri-State if you can check out this Titan MyRide suspension system. The whole seating platform, including where you put your feet, floats. It's so awesome. If you obsess about your lawn, a Toro Zero Turn from Tri-State will make it perfect. You can also still get yourself into a Toro Snowblower if you want. The spring sale still going on. Toro Power Clear single-stage blowers and the Power Max two-stage blowers. Best deals of the year right now. When you stroll in... Be sure to tell them what's up. Hey, GL are here. They'll come running. Um, and you do that at any one of the tri-state locations, Burnsville, Little Canada, and Hudson. And, of course, everything they sell, including all the skid loaders. Oh, you can see it all at tristatebobcat.com. Fears for fears again. <laughs> uh, in other news... New details now have emerged from Monday's shooting in Asheville that left three children and three adults dead. The parents said the shooter, whom authorities identified as 28-year-old former student Audrey Hale, was, quote, under doctor's care for emotional disorder. Law enforcement knew nothing about the treatment, according to local law enforcement. Uh, the parents felt the shooter should not own weapons. The shooter had illegally purchased seven firearms from five local gun stores, three of those guns used in the attack at Covenant School. Police said the assailant's parents thought the shooter had sold their only weapon and were unaware other weapons were hidden within the home. According to Every Town for Gun Safety, a gun violence prevention organization, Tennessee does not have an extreme risk law, also known as a red flag law, which allows law enforcement and family members to petition for a court order to temporarily prevent someone in crisis from accessing guns. It does have a law that prohibits gun possession by people who have been involuntarily committed or are found to be a danger to themselves or others. But that bar, according to the director of Department of Medicine, Health and Society at Vanderbilt University, has a very high bar to meet. Do you know that uh, every story I've read about this refers to this nutcase as there using the correct pronoun? The day I'm required to use the correct pronoun, I will gracefully exit. That, that will be I, I refuse to do it. 
I know that's a she, and that's it. I've noticed some online where they mix them, which is a bit disconcerting. The least of our problems here. If she had those, Uh, uh, if she was under a doctor's care, what is the process that must take place? What good did it do to have her under a doctor's care if she was still allowed to buy the guns? Well, Well, what's the the point? The state doesn't have the law. The Tennessee doesn't, the doctor is under no obligation. Boy, that's a good question. I, I would, I, I would guess. I would guess. Danny, you yeah. got a computer. I would guess that's probably true. Does the law then require the doctor to inform what? The local sheriff? Don't know. Good question. We really, instead of asking me, we should just get Rob Dorr on. He's, he's the man. He's a GL or he'd love to come on and explain things. He's the gun caucus guy. That's a good idea. Narcan, the prescription nasal spray that reverses opioid overdoses, can now be sold over the counter, the Food and Drug Administration said today. All right. No, that's a good thing. Authorizes a move long sought by public health officials and treatment experts who will hope wider availability of the medicine will reduce the nation's alarmingly high drug fatality rates. By late summer, over-the-counter Narcan could be for sale in big box chains, vending machines, supermarkets, convenience stores, gas stations, and even online retailers. The commissioner of the FDA, Dr. Robert Califf, said in a statement the over-counter authorization is meant to address what he called a dire public health need. Narcan is a nasal spray version of the drug naloxone, which blocks an opioid's effect on the brain. As the overdose crisis has worsened, with more than 100,000 drug-related deaths in the U.S. for each of the last two years, millions of doses have been administered by outreach workers, healthcare providers, and emergency responders. Boy, it says a lot about the country, doesn't it? you got to be able to get your Narcon that's at the what, gas station. That's why I wasn't making fun of it. I was just kind of like, God, wow, I'm going to go to Sam's Club and get my... i got to have Narcon. got any Narcon? I'm glad it's available. i got a nephew that's struggling right now. But I, um, I would say if you're of that age and you have friends who may dabble in drugs, mm-hmm. you should carry that with you. Really? Well, the fentanyl is ending up in drugs that they they think they're taking, you know, just an opioid. Something else and they're putting yeah, it in. And yeah. the fentanyl's in there and boom, done deal. One person every 8.57 minutes. And I'm going to ask you again, who who makes this and how does it get here? Uh, Chinese, it gets here from Mexico. We don't have a border. Uh, Before you continue, John, the Eagle Street Grill, the Iverson Family Trust owns that building. Right, and they're not renewing. And the Madison restaurant group, I don't think they play nice together. So I think he just said, forget it, I'll go. So the Madison restaurant group is not renewing its lease. Uh, they are not renewing the lease with the Iverson group. So right. Madison must have just said, hey, we're done. We're not coming back. That's huh. weird, man. It's right across the street from a hockey game. Whoever replaces that, they're going to have, especially if the Wild go on a big run. At Colorado tonight, that'll be playoff intensive. Yes. I can't wait for us to play Winnipeg and get a little revenge for uh, the Ruski. Uh, they got to, well, let's, I was going to go off into a tirade about what are they going to do when the commie comes back? They're playing so well. Where are you going to put him? He plays 25, 28 minutes a game. You put him in the box. Okay. John, go ahead. It could cost California more than $800 billion, $800 billion with a B dollars to compensate black residents for generations of over-policing, disproportionate incarceration, and housing discrimination. Econ- econ- 
economists have told the state panel considering reparations. The preliminary estimate is more than two and a half times California's annual budget and does not include a recommended $1 million per older black resident for health disparities that have shortened their average lifespan. Nor does the figure count compensating people for property unjustly taken by the government or devaluing black businesses to other harms the task force says the state perpetuated. Black residents may not receive cash payments anytime soon, if ever, because the state may never adopt the economist's calculations. The task force is scheduled to discuss the numbers today and can vote to adopt the suggestions or come up with its own figures. President Joe Biden's latest job approval rating is 40 percent, his sixth consecutive reading in the 40 to 42 percent range. Wow. Biden is also underwater in ratings of his handling of four issues, the environment, energy policy, foreign affairs, and the economy. Americans' ratings of Biden's handling of his overall job, foreign affairs, and the economy were measured last month and are not significantly different in the latest poll, which was conducted March 1st through the 23rd. He's got a freezer full of ice cream. His overall job approval rating has not exceeded 44% since August of 2021 during his first year in office. His ratings on the economy and foreign affairs, which are included periodically, were at the majority level only at the start of his term. Not surprisingly, Biden has consistently had overall job approval ratings of 78% or higher among Democrats, including the latest at 87%. Well, his ratings among Republicans have been below 8% since August 2021, including 3% in the current poll. He has taken a hit, though, as far as what independents think of him. Uh, Back in June of 2021, 61% of independents approved of Biden. Uh, Since September of 2021, that has fallen and been below 40%, including the current 35%. So he's lost 26% independents. I know this might not have an answer, but given what you just told us about the left's rating, the the independents and the right's rating, he's got low scores on environmental concerns. Is that because he's doing too much or he's not doing enough? I think question. they have some issues, of course, with, uh, you know, open up drilling in some spaces. I know environmentalists right, he do. Right, so. just open some stuff up in Alaska. Yeah, and, and sure I, I don't know. Euphorians are driving that. They're okay. driving that poll result. Yeah, yeah, not doing enough, um, right? Time out. We just Uh-oh. talked about tools. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just got a, a notification. Black and Decker TikTok posted a video. I'm telling you, these things are evil. I I haven't I haven't what, done anything with what, Black and what Decker. What point is you are you trying to uh, make? He's being spied on by your, China. Your phone picked they, that up. They heard. I, I didn't visit TikTok any Black is just Decker another sites. way of spelling China. That is freaky. Why don't I ever get any of that? I don't know. Because you aren't smart enough to call yeah, it off. You don't know what you're doing. You're him, but you don't Back know in the it. closet, Grandpa. <laughs> wow. So I've got a buddy that's big on TikTok, and she said those hearings last week were a complete debacle and full of misinformation and completely wrong. But I still won't go to TikTok. It is funny because it's it's divided the political spectrum in weird ways. You got it half, really has. half yeah. Democrats that want to get rid of it, half Republicans. Then you got yeah. Rand Paul, I noticed yeah. today, saying, don't touch it. Nobody should ever touch a social yeah. media thing. It's, it's it, just If you bizarre. follow that sort of thing, it's really, really weird who's it's, coming out in favor and who's again. Uh-huh. Very bizarre. 
Uh, one of the nation's most prominent conservative judges, you may remember this fella, uh, is doubling down on a warning that the current Republican Party presents a grave peril to democracy. Former federal appeals court judge, conservative Michael Ludig, who famously told Mike Pence the vice president did not have the authority to alter election results, made clear in a new interview with The Bulwark that an ongoing threat from Donald Trump and his GOP allies had only grown more ominous since January 6th, 2021. You may remember he testified during the House Select Committee investigation that Congress must update the Electoral Count Act of 1887 or risk another attempt to subvert the will of voters. And he said this week that the failure to do so was undermining the rule of law in America. It is. He said, we're a house divided and our poisonous politics is fast eating away at the fabric of our society. He said the Republican Party has made its decision that the war against America's democracy and the rule of law it instigated on January 6th will go on prosecuted to a catastrophic end. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to show uh, trouble we might be in for con- concerning AI, since we're, we're just talking about computers. No, we're going to live forever. Yeah, well, we are going to live forever, but... Uh, if you saw this last week online, I, I know I did. I did. I pulled it, and we were going to talk about it on Krabby today, but we didn't do an episode. The yeah, image, do it. Do image the of the Pope. Is that yeah. the story? Yeah, image of the Pope popped up. You may have seen it. In it, Pope France was wearing a long, white, trendy-looking puffer coat. With I his, saw that. Yeah, with his traditional pectoral cross and a white Zucchetto cap. And judging from the comments on social media, a lot of folks thought it was real. Well... It, it wasn't. It was completely fake. According uh, to uh, the website Snopes, the image created using the generative AI program MidJourney. The coat, for anyone looking to uh, steal the pontiff's alleged look, resembles Balenciaga's $3,550 long CB down jacket for women, as well as the Douay Jumbo Peter coat. Well, excuse me. No, no, not that way. What what, what is the point of this? It's a Uh, fake picture. Right. Well, you can do anything. Did you see the the alleged tape of Trump being arrested? Yes. That looked extraordinarily real. Yeah, I thought it was. I was rooting for it. Well, (laughs) you You like those emails, don't you? Yeah. Um, the uh, the problem here, Joe, is I mean this it's limitless, isn't it? What you could do with this? Well, well, I think what you're saying, John, uh, is that uh, we're going to reach a point where we won't know what's true and what isn't. Well, and and, and given uh, the way social media works right now, a lot of people will believe it, and you won't be able to talk them out of it right. because yeah. it's in their mind. So that's yeah. that's you the ever, danger. Yeah. You ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And then yeah. you combine yeah. combine that with a deep fakes, which I guess the, what is what we were looking at, correct? Yeah, exactly. And yep. these programs that will write papers and and whatnot without you doing anything. We're Joe. This is what we're do you like? Your generation likes to say, "Hell in a handbasket." Yeah. We're going to be back though with good news. Oh, good. Matthew, did you get those texts? Um, Let's not say anything out loud. Just. Okay. Get it? Copy that, yes. Yeah, cool. What text? I'm done. Uh, No more ads today. Good. Good and understood. Okay, so let's do this. Every time somebody brings up the hell in a handbasket, all I can think of is that dead song. It starts going through my head.
I just think of my grandparents and say, I wish he'd stop saying that. It makes us sound so old. It makes us sound like my grandma and grandpa. <laughs> well, well, I know I'm turning into, I'm turning into them. <laughs> That's it for you then today. We're done with ads then. Okay. These dumb enjoying the ride. I agree with that too. Yeah, I got to get a hold of Ross regarding that too. He put together a best of, and I think he put one in. <clears throat> well, we're waiting. Copy that. Turn your phone off. I didn't have to. Uh... Got to make a call. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who are you calling us? All right, so we're good here. That's done. You go bye-bye. You getting a tool ad would be enough to make me get off whatever you're on. <laughs> what? Oh, the uh, Black & Decker? Mm -hmm. That's so weird. But we didn't say. We said Craftsman, didn't we? Yeah. Well, but what'd you get it from Black and Decker? Yeah. They bought Craftsman. I just got that from Scott Matura. It's aft. That's aft. Um, okay. Coming backer. Yeah. Well, Good well, old backer. We're trying. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Well. All right. I'm ready. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. We got a miracle. Uh-oh. We have a miracle. What miracle? Out in a Catholic church in Connecticut, the Archdiocese of Hartford is investigating a Eucharistic miracle that may have taken place during the celebration of Mass at St. Thomas Catholic Church in Thomaston on March 5th. At the conclusion of Mass, Father Joseph Crowley announced that a Eucharistic minister witnessed something unexplainable as he was distributing communion. One of our Eucharistic ministers was running out of hosts, and suddenly there were more hosts in the ciborium. God just duplicated himself in the ciborium, an emotional Crowley told the faithful. It's really cool when God does these things, and it's really cool when we realize what he's done, and it's just happened the day, the priest said. Very powerful, very awesome, very real, and very shocking, but also it happens, and today it happened. They were running out of hosts, and all of a sudden, more hosts were there. So today, not only did we have a mirror, and this wasn't a card trick. Yeah, I'm this thinking was, like, you know. <laughs> So today, not only did we have the miracle of the Eucharist, we also had a bigger miracle. It's pretty cool, the priest said. And uh, this was reported on WFSB Eyewitness News, and they're looking at this as a possible miracle. Apparently, this is not uncommon. The uh, Vatican-endorsed exhibit Eucharistic Miracles of the World features documentary evidence of 152 such miracles. I, 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 I'm very familiar with this process. I watch people give out communion. Uh, and and invariably, someone giving a communion runs out of hosts, yeah, and has to go borrow borrow some go to from the another, back, yeah, go yeah. from another uh, minister. Those are those tasteless little wafer they're things. Wafers, they're correct, hosts. yes, yeah. And and uh, so, but in here, what the what the person who ran out must have witnessed was 
Holy mackerel. That's all they of a sudden just, this I is full again. I thought I was getting down to the end. What would it be like if Elmer Fudd was a priest? Oh, boy. Oh, I'm just going to apologize to the Lord right now. <laughs> Describing right now. his miracle. I mean, that would be. He knows not what he does, Mr. Jesus. Here we go. It is time to hold hands and nope. make a sign of I'm, peace. I'm not <laughs> laughing. I am not laughing. Good word. We are gathered here today. I'm not laughing. I didn't say anything bad. <laughs> no. How about now how about it is time for a profession of faith. <laughs> Jeez, you are pushing it. Go oh. in peace and love oh. and serve the word. <laughs> you have a, but, but you have a, a miracle here, Father. Yes, there were many hosts. All of a sudden. Now I sound like, hey, oy vey, what are you doing in the church? You're crossing over. Was, was Elmer Fudd Jewish? No, but the guy was Jackie Mason. The son of a sudden yeah. appeared. He's giving out. He's the extraordinary you minister. You don't know who you are, do you? Right. I'm doing somebody. I'm well, uh, that's fantastic. I'm happy that this happened. Uh, I'm I all, believe that. Uh, so do I. I I'm, all, I'm all for miracles. We need some miracles I, around here. Darn it. I you know I don't want to be greedy, but I I would I would hope for a more uh, impactful uh, miracle. Okay, I was right. You mean see, like a full town council, something like that. You know, well, I was hoping the barrels on these rifles would get bent when they go into schools or something. Well, no, that's what I'm big. talking about. That's something exactly big. what I meant. I was hoping yeah. for a more impactful something huge miracle, and uh, I believe that one could happen. I believe miracles happen every day. Uh, but you know that's kind of triple A, isn't it? I mean, yeah, the uh, it's you're not really the fishes and loaves when they just kept multiplying. That's pretty cool. The, you're feeding the the berm, the whole berm. That's it, and that's I thought, legit. I mean, I the, thought he was just good with a knife. Oh, he no. stretched it. No, he and some yeast. You know, good with the knife and good with the yeast. He didn't want to uh, turn the water vases into wine either. He got angry at his mother. Why are you making me? He said, "Why are you making me do this stuff?" Right. Come on, just do me this favor this one time. We need some wine. Yeah. So he Nothing's worse than running out of uh, wine. Well, yeah. Got any Jack and Coke while you're no, at it? No, he doesn't do Jack and Coke. Uh, have no, you uh, fellas seen uh, by any chance on Hulu, uh, the Mel Brooks, new, the new effort, History oh, of the World Part 2? I'm going to no. order Hulu just to get uh, that. Extraordinarily sacrilegious at points if you're... Uh, uh, Oh. But very funny. Well, if you I like Mel Brooks, you'll love I don't, don't want to make this sacrilegious. They have a miracle at a church in Connecticut, and uh, all it does is, you know what it does? It whets your appetite for even greater miracles. Yeah, yes. there's more greater yeah. miracles out there. You know, like I like Kenny's. Turn the turn the barrel of the gun into a knot as that, as that fruitcake approached the school. Like when yes. bugs would wrap the barrel around Elmer's head. Right. Yeah. Tighten yeah. the knot. Yeah. And then the next scene, he's fine. No marks, no scratches, nothing. Oh, or a Super 70 Sports said, we watch this guy get the bleep beat out of him, shot to death <laughs> 400 times a day all the time we were kids, and we're fine. <laughs> well... Maybe not fine, well, but you know what I mean. Yeah, we're still here. Different yeah. kind of messed up. <laughs> different kind of messed up. Only because they come to us all the way from Marleth Park in Ompuma, South Africa, from the traveling Lymans at WorldwideWaftage.com. It was on this day in 1823. Are we 329er? William G. Duluc, Leduc, was born in 
Wilkesville, Ohio. He moved to St. Paul in 1850, opened a law office and bookstore, and published three yearbooks publicizing the territory. In 1857, he moved to Hastings, where his mill was the first to offer spring wheat flour. He also became a general in the Civil War, served as the U.S. Commissioner of Agriculture, and helped develop the Remington typewriter. Wow. LaDuke died in 1917. Huh. He had a full life, didn't he? He did. We don't have anything named after him here? I'm sure there's some LaDuke stuff. What was the most satisfying typewriter you worked on, Joe? A little Olivetti Letter of 32. Would that give you... The portable that I took with me on the road. For me, it was uh, any color, blue, red, green, white, didn't matter, Selectric. Those things really hammered the paper. Never had an electric. No, Selectric. It was an electric uh, typewriter brand, Selectric. Oh, it's Selectric. On this day in 1855, (laughs) in St. Anthony, Minnesota, Republicans held their first formal meeting during which they discussed the group's strong anti-slavery stance. Here, here. On this so you, day, were, you were only a manual typewriter guy. Yep. His strong fingers. On, I couldn't type. On this day in 1916, <laughs> I still can't. I'm a hunting pecker. So you had just hey. a couple really oh. strong fingers. On this day in 1916, right here for all of you. <laughs> Those Eugene, are the strong fingers? <laughs> Eugene J. McCarthy was born in Watkins. Oh, he served sure. in Congress for two Decades, a uh, representative from 49 to 59, and as a senator from 59 to 71. In 1968, McCarthy challenged Lyndon Johnson for the Democratic nomination, running on an anti-Vietnam War platform and making a strong showing in the New Hampshire primary. He helped convince Johnson to drop out of the race. McCarthy, however, would ultimately lose the party bid to Hubert Humphrey. Hmm. On this day in 1928, 329, you better like this one, St. Paul's new 2,000-watt radio station, KSTP, inaugurated its illustrious broadcasting career in the Northwest with a seven-hour program that offered a wide variety of entertainment throughout the evening and ran until 2 a.m., with beginnings in local stations WAMD, where all Minneapolis dances, uh, launched by Stanley E. Hubbard in 1923, and KFOY-KSTP would increase its power to a potential 50,000 watts by 1935 and claim to be the only high-fidelity, high-power radio transmitter in the West and the first U.S. station to broadcast to Australia. Wow. Sheesh. Uh-huh. That's a serious and We're milestone. right there where it all began. We're in the building. Yeah. In 1980, Walter H. Dubner, hi, Mr. Dubner, inventor of the handicapped grocery bag. What? Wait, what? The inventor of the, oh, I'm sorry, handled grocery. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I was wondering what it's a handicapped grocery bag. Yeah. Walter H. Got those special wheels to go down the uh, middle aisle. Walter H. Dubner. Uh, inventor of the handheld grocery bag, uh, died in St. Paul. He owned the SS Kresge store, St. Paul's first cash and carry rather than delivery grocery store. Dubiner devised a bag with a string around the bottom that would enable shoppers to carry additional groceries to their destination. Huh. So there you have it. And on this day, 
1998. 1998. This is Killebrew uh, Carew. Ferocious tornado touchdown struck a dozen communities eastward from Nobles to Wabasha counties in south-central Minnesota, causing at least one death and numerous injuries, damaging Comfrey and St. Peter and carrying debris many miles away. Extensive damage in Comfrey forced residents to evacuate their homes while the devastation in St. Peter prompted an eyewitness to remark that the city looks decapitated and a man in far-off Dakota County caught a falling page from a LeCenter School Library book. And to show you how long Bell has been on the air, what's Bell's last name on channel? Belinda Jensen. Belinda Jensen. Jensen, I think, was on the air. And I remember having a feud with, with Bell because they, uh, they, I think it was during the Players' Championship, Yes, they, it was a golf right. event. They yep. went to the tornado and never came back to the golf. And it wasn't an F4 or anything like that. Right. It was a, it was a whopper. That but, was yeah. did you guys settle that? I think you settled that some I think we settled our at few. the fair yeah. when we had all the uh uh female well, I'm a fan people. of Bell. I mean, you know, I have no hard feeling except Bell took over the whole afternoon. There's debris! Debris! They had a lot of debris in that yeah. one. And that's what happened on this day in history, March 29th. In Minnesota. Thank you, GL. Did you get that Killebrew Carew reference? Yeah, and they didn't come up on this day. Uh, both were uh, both were done. Yeah, but 329. Oh, I get oh, it. Oh, hey, I just hey, got it too hey, now. Hey, that a boy, I, Rook. Hey. I still don't get it. I've been working on that one for a week. Well, Rodney was not playing in 98, was he? 98? No. But, it, but it, doesn't, it doesn't matter, though, Joe, because that See, was a number. I know Harmon wasn't. No. <laughs> 329. Okay, folks. Hey, folks. Yeah, John Madden here. Uh, it is time to go. It is time to go to Pod MN on your smartphone to look for a podcast. If you're all caught up on Garage Logic, there's a lot of other ones out there. So check them out at Pod MN on your smartphone. Garage Logic Town Council new members pick up a $10 Fred Lonely's Hardware and Garden Stores gift card when you sign up. The Garage Logic Town Council and head over to. YouTube, subscribe to Garage Logic and be happy, Cha. Yes. Yes. It's quiet. Shh. Very, very quiet. The name of the song is Why Even Try. What song? When everybody gets a piece of the pie. Was well, this a song you wrote? Eventually we're all going to die. Is this your song? But that's not a reason to try. No, this, this is, yeah, this song. is the song. Uh, just lyrics uh, I'm providing to John. John's going to finish well, this. Maybe quite simple. Oh, oh, yeah, John's the songwriter here. I did write down something Joe said yesterday. I was going to write a song about what the hell was it? Got it here somewhere. And that guy oh. who said he's going to wake up dead or something in Iowa, uh, that was a very lyrical letter also. He had some good lines in that letter. He had beer goggle eyes, and he was looking at Iowa. Yeah, something like that. Friends, something about friends and waking up in Iowa or dying or something. <clears throat> it was Hod Irvin's great Aunt Olivia. I think he's putting me on. Preferred people call it the governor's residence, not the mansion. 
Uh, yeah, Governor Ventura always said it's the residents mm-hmm. officially. Well, she's going to be a fine one now. $6.3 million worth of renovation. Going in threes here, so we're alternating accents on both hands. Right, two, three, left, two, three, right, two, three, and right, rest. Hmm. Oh, cool. You can see me in the background. I'm filming and my sticks are falling out of my hand. (laughs) (laughs) That was fascinating. Very interesting. Why... you explain to me, Joe, why that little drum intro on LaGrange is difficult? Put it in dumb, dumb terms. It's just it's that like, one little lick, right? It sounds like he hits everything in order yep. without the snare. So two toms, floor tom, kick. Am I wrong? I'd have to see him literally see him do it, but it it just it's just so wonderful. It's just his invention. There's it's, nothing. Yeah. There's, there's no. Uh, you, there's no. It's not written down on sheet music somewhere. I think it's Is more it, than that, Kenny, because it's got that little funk thing in it. It doesn't make or break. The song no. though does I've it. seen bands do it just where the guy just literally goes boom and then they go into the boogie thing. So you could do it well, anyway. I, I kind of can do it. I've been working on it. Like, no. you know, I know what he's doing, but he's he's Frank Beard. He, <laughs> he invented that and he uh doesn't isn't there later in the song a bridge comes in that's and he does se- it again semi complicated for dumb dumbs like me yeah it switches keys on the solo on the well that would be solo. a good time to kill the song yeah. right there because <laughs> it's in a and then it stops yeah and it's in c with the solo yeah yeah I wonder if uh hey uh, Matthew are you listening here so yeah. are you familiar with the singing or whatever it is at the beginning of Lagrange yeah how 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 now do that as Jesse how 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 <laughs> you know I don't now, know rumors spreading around this yeah do that what rumors spreading around Texas town as Jesse just outside LaGrange, just outside LaGrange, you know, just just let me know if you want to go, just let me know if you want to go. 
to that shack out on the range. <laughs> that shack out on the range. Only they got see, a lot of nice girls. See his face. They got a lot of nice girls. <laughs> yeah, I gotta kind of go do like a home. You gotta say home on the range, yeah. not shack. Home on the range. To my home on the range. We got a lot of tortillas yeah. down there. <laughs> a silo full of tortillas. Jack saw um, a, cl- a clip last night of all things. Billy Gibbons hopped on stage with Billy Joel at one of his Madison Square Garden things last week, yeah. and they did Lagrange, which was an cool. odd mix. That is <laughs> Billy weird. Joel and Billy Gibbons. Do you think if Billy shaved, he would look like he did when he was younger? In other he'd words, look, you've seen the old. documentary on uh, that yeah. little band from Texas. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I don't think this any guy of us doesn't. Would look the same. This current Billy Gibbons is not that Billy Gibbons. It's a different Billy Gibbons. <laughs> you got killed in a car crash like McCartney. Yeah, like Eric Clapton. There's two Eric Claptons. The current Eric Clapton looks nothing like uh, the so, Eric Clapton of his youth. Could we get around the rule if these were considered? Oh, what's the word? Um, forget not, not, the rule. We're going to do anything we just, want. Yeah, just pretend we didn't know the rule. Yeah, forget like the rule. Like Joe said before. Novelty songs. Um, what are they called? Par- parody. Uh, yeah. Because the, the, that'd be true parody then. It would yeah. be. If Jesse was singing, sure. How, 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 how. <laughs> but then we got to have Elmer Fudd doing that <laughs> yeah. uh, Pointer Sister song. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. I'm driving my car. <laughs> I'm ready, Joe. Oh, stories, I suppose, Rook, huh? You need? Don't, uh, don't. No, don't need them? Okay, never mind. No, not... We're good here. Never mind. More on the Governor Walls mansion. And the legislature's plan. Not legislator, legislature's apostrophe S plan. Uh, wait, no. A mansion and then what? More on the governor's mansion and the legislature's plan to create a ruinous family leave program. Okay. Uh, new technology claims that we will live forever within eight years. Oh, um, did you do anything yesterday, Joe, about the proposal that we legalize psychedelics in no, this state? I didn't. Oh, that made me so angry. Oh my God! What a mistake! Oh, the kids! Uh, oh, we, another oh, one. Kids. We have a miracle! Exclamation point. And then John Hyde news. I got to meet the Aquaside people. Who's the guy? They want that in there? I got to meet the. No, Aquaside I got to go do that right now. now that uh, who's the guy that talks like this, Matthew? Is Gil. that Gil? That's Gil over there. What what song would Gil sing? <laughs> Ring around the Rossies. <laughs> You want to play Rigor on the Rossies? Okay. I might be playing something like um, Ain't I Tough Enough by those Thunderbirds. <laughs> those Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. <laughs> the T-Birds. They got them over there. Ain't I Tough Enough? 
Uh, let me think about that, Gil. It's got to be an easy song, though. Yeah. Joe and I, uh, you know. Ain't I tough enough? Joe Bryant. Uh, he wasn't here. What? Yeah. When? Ten, uh, two minutes ago. Ruinous, R-U-I-N-O-U-S, correct? R-U-I-N-O-U-S. Yeah. Ruinous. To that shack out on the range. We got a lot of nice girls out there. I like the, uh, when it, it gets loud and you can barely hear it and he goes, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, that's a great song. I, uh, overplayed, but great. Not as overplayed as their latter stuff. That that they, that's oh, when that they stuff's me. really overplayed. Yeah. Oh, it just breaks my heart. And they, they wanted to make some money. I, I get it. Money. They yeah. became icons. Pardon the expression because of that stuff. Yeah, the albums before that I much prefer. Oh. In fact, I don't. I have never owned the like Eliminator no. and stuff. Own all the old, older stuff, but not the on LP. <clears throat> I still have them on LP too, and CD. I on LP. I just bought uh, Trace Ombres on LP. I knew they just put it out on 180 gram vinyl. I bought that. So good, so good. What's the name of that uh, singer I like so much in Black Flag? Um, uh, what's his name? Really this this, this Henry, guy, right? This Henry guy. Rollins. Henry yeah, Rollins. Henry Rollins, yeah. He told all his punk rock friends in England when that album came out that this was a brand new punk band. And played it for him, and they all loved it. You got to get his book and read it. It, it's well, he's great. great. When I see interviews with him, he's yeah. wonderful, and he's also—I he, mean—he's a music nut too. He's not just yeah. a punk guy. And he, he loved Easy Top, and he was pranking all his buddies, and they were just biting on those hooks. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's funny, but man. He led a hardcore life on the road with that band, getting in fights on stage with people, and. Yeah. Sleeping in the back of box fans as they rolled on down the road. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good interview, though. Well, he had a show for a while, too. I remember watching several, like a half hour show where he'd have interview yep. guys. And, yeah. I don't remember what it was on. Probably YouTube. I have no idea. Okie dokie, boys. Okay. Yeah. What do you guys think? Should I buy a Roland Blues Cube 1 by 1260 watt? What do you think? Go Why the, wouldn't go you? What's a forty watt? God, no, might be a little I, too much. I already have a forty watt, Rook. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I used at that thing that night at no. the Hop, Hopkins. Why? What is your reason? Um. Well, I love Just the little one. I love the little Roland. But if I ever played, which I probably never will, if I ever play again, I would love to have the sixty watt for gigging. But what it'd be fun using, to have. What are you using right now for gigging? I haven't gigged in three years, Kenny, four years. But that last last time you brought an amp out to the fair. That was the just, that was the Roland 40 watt. 
the small one. one. Yeah. yeah. Same thing I used in Hopkins. And they're such good amps. They sound so good. And they're not tubes, so you don't have to screw around. And they're about the only non-tube amp that I think sounds good. Town council members, find out tomorrow whether you went with the 40 or the 60. <laughs> I already have the 40. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now he's going to get the 60. Maybe. All right. See you, meatheads. All right. See yeah, you that's, a, that's enough. That's, that's enough. enough. <laughs>